Fables of Latour, The War of a Thousand Dragons, featuring Quentin Foote as the Dungeon Master, Caden Chad as Corpse Paint, Christopher Wallette as Ember Waves, Kirsten Gray as Fay Walker, Knut Ellingson as Nordum Iron Boot, and Kyle Trenholm Nevette as Valorous Rochelle. Welcome back to Fables of the Tour, Guilds on Guilds Part 2.0. We're kind of splitting this episode into two parts, so look forward to that. Uh, we are on episode 12 after a uh, pretty intense session uh, during episode 11. That was a good time. Time, good time had by all. I think Faye Walker probably enjoyed herself the most, for sure. And yep. as a matter of fact, we'll actually throw it on Kirsten to do our recap. Perfect. Uh, last we left off our intrepid heroes, um, I guess the newly appointed Red Willows Guild, um, we had... Uh, gone and introduced ourselves to Mayor Mayor Rendar Thelonious the Third, and his beloved, beautiful, sweet daughter Renya Kalyak. There we go. Notes are good. Um, we interacted and eventually negotiated some gold to restore the Red Willows food stores. And when we returned back to the web. Willow Guild Hall. Man, that's a bit of a tongue twister for me sometimes. Yeah, I also, sorry to break <laughs> up your recap, but it is a tongue twister and I apologize. <laughs> um, when we returned to the hall, we discovered three Templars of Locor and Captain Lucian, who is uh, someone from Faye's past. We attempted talks between the guild members and the uh, mercenary party, I guess. I don't know what you want to call them. Band of ne'er-do-wells, band of people we do not like. Um, and it did not go according to plan, leaving Faye uh, grappled and traveling with now Captain Lucian uh, somewhere. She's not entirely sure where. And Nordum Ironboot is out in the wilderness somewhere trying to track them down. Um, but I think the most important thing that we should uh, note is that Corpse Paint, um, no longer following orders of the Arch Templar, betrayed his temple, betrayed his fellow Lokor Kintar followers, um, and is fighting alongside at least the new party members for what we know currently. Big deal for him. Yeah, a lot happened. 
Yeah. And we currently pick up on a blustery, cold winter's morn. Captain Lucian has unshackled your ankles, Faye. Okay. Well, we've got quite a walk ahead of us, Faye. We have to go back to the Three Gates, which, you know, is uh, a city at the crossroads between the Great Road and the Southern Great Road, which is where the temples of or the Templars of Lokor were located that Corpse Paint contacted. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, it's going to be about a cycle of walking. Okay. We don't have horses by chance, eh? <laughs> Didn't have them stashed away in the woods by by chance. Hey, you're you're a bit of a local now. We could walk. Or you could point me in the direction of a small settlement. And we could procure ourselves a better mode of transportation. They just uh blankly stares at him for for a couple of seconds. I any settlements that I know around here were chased off by siphons, so as far as I know there's nothing local-ish. Well, then we walk. Shame if we cross those again. Yeah, well I'm prepared, are you? Mm-hmm. I'd probably, you know let them eat you before sacrificing myself, that's for sure. <laughs> so, let's hope for your sake we don't cross any. And he just shoves you out of the cave. <laughs> you kind of stumble yeah. as you uh, try to keep your feet underneath of you. And you guys start your arduous journey through the snow. Heading north. Um, probably uh, northeast. You guys walk for a couple hours can I get a constitution check from you, Miss Walker? Constitution. Uh, 15. Yeah. You feel the, the chill nipping at your toes and biting your skin, any exposed skin around your face and your neck. And your feet are starting to get cold. Um, but you kind of power through. Um, as a snow elf, I imagine Captain Lucian looks just fine. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is uh, as comfortable as comfortable can be in the wilderness, especially in a, in a snowy terrain like this. Mm-hmm. He is walking behind you. Uh, the Warhammer is just kind of uh, in one hand. And it's just kind of uh, dangling at his side. I'll get perception checks uh, from both of you, actually. Oh, good thing. Uh, 25. Oh, 19 oh, 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 plus wait. 6. <laughs> you, without a doubt, notice a pack of wolves uh, kind of sauntering probably uh, 20 or 30 yards um, to your right and left. Um, they're being quiet. Um, the only reason you did notice is because one of them is kind of maybe... Uh, the alpha of the pack has come out to just kind of 
take a, a closer look at you two. Um, Lucien is none the wiser of this, and he's just pushing you through the snow, essentially. Uh, I will keep, like, an eye on them in my periphery as much as I can. Um, but I won't give away any indication that I've noticed them. Has uh, Luna showed up again since being dispelled from the night before? Um, give me a, a religion check. Uh, 16. Yeah, you, you've noticed a few times um, Luna is in their... Um, they don't look like their normal um, celestial self, you know, in their starry form. Uh, you do notice um, this Ammon is running around, uh, keeping a fair distance from you two. Um, but they do look like their uh, snowy form, covered in uh, little uh, icicles and uh, snow particles floating around them. Uh, how like how wide of a berth are they keeping from um, Lucien and myself? Luna? Yeah. Um, probably like five or ten meters. A fair distance. Mm-hmm. Um, Luna does leave uh, tracks. Oh, good to know. Although you do know that um, Lucien can't can't see them. Oh, okay. Sweet, 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 sweet. Yeah, I think Faye is keeping very quiet for this first little bit. Um, just gauging, obviously, what the pack of wolves are doing and um, still trying to wrap her head around what all has happened what all will potentially happen and the fact that her sister is potentially alive well is alive she doesn't really think that Lucian would really lie about that but um, the fact that he's mentioned that she was resurrected a bit more docile is like well is it truly my sister then if she's altered in a way Um, and you can give me a history or arcana check if you want. I'm well, okay. I'm okay in arcana. Oh, yes. Yeah. Eh, Twelve. Um, this comes easier to you because you are a cleric. Um, something that you and Captain Lucian have in common, even though you probably don't like to admit it. Resurrection is a messy and imprecise procedure on Mm. the tour. Um, Not only is it extraordinarily costly, there are all varying level of degrees of success when when performing a resurrection on someone. Um, It involves taking their soul from one place and stitching it back into the body. Um, and that is often done not very effectively. Usually a piece or two of what that person once was is left behind. Okay. Uh, eventually, Faye would break the silence. So did Lord Thren just 
ask you to bring Wynne back so that he could have her kill me. That seems risky and kind of foolish, to be honest. Are you sure you want to know, Faye? No. But she's truly my sister in there. would like to know that she is not just not only a pawn for him. As you know, all of this started when your mother, Renry, left Lord Thren. When your sister strikes quite a resemblance to your mother, Renry, does she not? It's Lord Thren's way of having everything he wants. And the added bonus of watching her kill you. I did ask if you really wanted to know, Faye. Well, the burden in knowing, but I'm grateful for knowing at the same time. But like, why even bother? I He could have just said that I killed everyone in the village and just let it go. Why have you chased me down all the way to the other side of the tour? What's the point in that? Loose end? Who's, as you said last night, who's going to believe me? My word against his? Doubt it. I, I mean, I've already explained. He just wants to see you murdered by your sister. I, that's enough for Lord Thren. Well, we'll just have to see, I guess. Um, what are the wolves doing? They're keeping a, a fair and far distance. Um, a wolf pack is uh, insanely tactical. Mm-hmm. You know that they'll wait for their absolute opportune time to to go for a kill. And you would be surprised to know that these wolves know their terrain and the terrain you're in far better than you and Lucien do, so. Mm-hmm. During the course of the day, can I take some time to just observe the shackles that are around my wrist? I, Kirsten knows or assumes that they're magic absorbing, but uh, Faye would like to just get a better idea of what they are and what potentially she can have at her disposal. Yeah, you can give me an Arcana check. Arcana. Eight. Uh, you you just know that the last time you tried to pop off a spell, it was absorbed into these silver chains. Mm-hmm. You know that the sun starts to set. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't last long on these winter days. And you see distant points of light through uh, the sparse trees. And you and Lucien both recognize it as a uh, a small settlement. He goes, ah, perfect timing. And he sort of rushes you through uh, the rest of these trees. And you see you come up on, it's just a lone uh, farming uh, settlement, <clears throat> one building. Uh, there's a man, uh, 
outside and he looks to be putting uh, his animals uh, into the barn for the night and um, is just kind of uh, sliding the barn doors closed as you guys approach on his land. Lucienne shouts out to him. Do you have room for weary travelers? I have good coin. And the man kind of spins around, throws his back against the barn doors as he wasn't expecting anyone, especially at this time of evening uh, in the middle of winter to be uh, encroaching on his land. They go, stop right there. Who are you? Faye puts up her uh, chained wrists. Oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, just two travelers passing through the night. We would appreciate a, a hot food in our bellies and a warm bed to spend the night if if you have that to spare. As I said, we do have coin. And uh, this man kind of comes towards um, you guys holding a torch. And you see now he is uh, a human. Um, late, late 50s, you'd guess, uh, which is pretty old for a human these days. Um, he's got uh, silvery white hair. And uh, he approaches you too, and he says, "How much coin do you have to spare?" Lucien says, "Well, would five gold pieces suffice?" And can I get an insight check from you, Faye? Sure can. Uh, fifteen. Yeah, you don't really think Lucien intends on paying this. <laughs> No, of course not. And the uh, the elderly gentleman goes, "Well, that's that's quite a, a fair price. Uh, I mean, we do have uh, a stew uh, over the fire right now, and I'm I'm sure my wife would be okay with it. Uh, who can turn down five gold pieces this time of year? Am I right?" And you see, Lucienne just kind of wears a, a sickening smirk. And uh, the old man leads you into his, his humble abode. Mm-hmm. And you see there's uh, an elderly woman uh, standing in front of a, uh, a hearth with uh, a pot dangling um, over the flames. And a sweet, sweet smell uh, fills the uh, the small cabin. Um, just delicious stew. You see there's a fresh loaf of bread sitting on the table. And um, the old man invites you two to uh, sit at the table. And he kind of fills in his wife about what's happening. And he, he shows her the the five gold that Lucien did actually, in fact, hand over. And um, she comes over with uh, a plates for you two. And she looks at you and uh, she goes, Ah, I'm Evelyn. It's, it's nice to make your acquaintance. And Lucien introduces himself. And uh, she looks at you and she goes, interesting jewelry you're wearing there, darling. Yeah, it's interesting indeed. It's um, we've lost the key, unfortunately. So we're finding someone who might be able to break the the locks on here. Uh, She goes, well, Harold actually used to be a blacksmith. I mean, he hasn't done it in quite some time, but he might be able to help. And she kind of looks to Lucien and he uh, looks to you and he gives you a 
deathly glare. <laughs> it was, oh, thank you, ma'am, but, but we have tried. We've gone to a few blacksmiths already, and uh, to no avail, unfortunately. She goes, oh, all right, well, of course, if there's anything we could try to do to help, we, we'd be uh, most obliged. Thank you. And you see the two of them just kind of leave you guys to have your, your, your dinner at the uh, the table and they kind of go off to the back room. And Lucien is just shoveling food into his mouth. Um, I think Faye is refusing to eat right now. He looks at you. I can't eat with these shackles, man. What do you want me to do? But I wasn't born yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Hold it up with two hands if you have to. He does so, but make sure that he she gives him the double bird <laughs> as, she, as she does it. <laughs> okay, and then what happens if I need to go to the washroom? That is a little harder to do shackled. What's your thought? <laughs> Are you going to come and supervise me? Because I'd rather you didn't. Trust me, I'd rather I didn't have to. Uh, I knew I shouldn't have signed up for this job. You know, it's funny. You called us walk. You called uh, us walkers. Tedious. It gives him like a cute little like grin. <laughs> All right. He puts the key in front of you. You think I didn't notice the wolves? I did. Undo your chains. One minute outside. If you're not back, I will hunt you down. You will freeze to death if I don't find you. And if I do, he slams his warhammer down on the table. I will split your head open like a watermelon. Noted. Thank you. Grabs the key <laughs> and walks outside. What do you do once you go outside? It's just just the business or are you gonna no, try no, to no, make no, it no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. We'll unlock the shackles and uh, immediately start looking for um, Luna. Are they able to come closer now that Faye is outside and Fuckface is inside? So you you step outside, you close the uh, rickety wooden door behind you, um, and with a, a gust of wind, as if uh, as the first thought crossed your mind about Luna, uh, it they materialize in front of you. Oh my gosh! Okay, I'm so glad to see you. Um, you are not staying long. I, if you can, I need you to go and find Nordum. Nordum's the only one who can see you, and just. Do your best to lead them back to me. Okay? Okay? Huge nods. Okay. Very excited Perfect. about this responsibility. Okay. 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 Um, and well, she'll give Luna a quick hug, squeeze, and uh, we'll then cast Sending mm -hmm. to Valorous. Hey, I'm okay for now. Found myself in a small 
farming hunter cabin north towards three gates sending a friend to Nordum to guide you I don't know my plan <laughs> and that's it for that <laughs> Valorous can reply if he wants to Valorous you are well actually I don't know are, do, do you go to bed that night after all this goes down or are you all kind of hanging out in the hall trying to figure out what to do next uh, Depending on when this message comes through, Valorous was very banged up from that little guild hall brawl, we'll call it. So I feel once things were assessed that Faye was gone, he's going to need to recuperate. So depending on what the, the time of the message comes in, it may just jolt him awake, or odds are pretty good he's probably asleep. Okay. Um, a lot is actually happening in the guild hall this night. So remind me, you are going to hear this message. Faye, we'll say you don't get an immediate reply. And then what do you do? What do I do? You, you must look out to the horizon longingly at least once. Oh, for sure. She looks out into the tree line where she imagines the wolves to be. And is tempted <laughs> to just do what she does best and run. Um, it is nighttime. It the is time of the gloom elves. It is Ooh. nighttime. Time of the gloom elves. We have a coined phrase around here. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, that wouldn't be dip dip potato chip, would it? <gasps> so you're kind of standing looking out at the tree line Mm -hmm. a great howl from a a wolf is heard Mm -hmm. Um, you look back to the cabin at a cursory glance kind of weighing your options Mm -hmm. and you see one of the windows is glowing a soft yellow and the silhouette of um, Lucienne is just standing there watching you (laughs) Faye has no no doubt in her mind that he could easily catch up to her and take her down without a problem. So she is going to return back into the cabin, at least for this time being. So you walk back in and are welcomed by the warmth throughout as the fire crackles in the hearth. Lucien slaps the chains back on you. Mm-hmm. Gives you a very, very disapproving look. Goes and stands by the bedroom door. Harold, Evelyn, could you come here for a second? Oh no. What did I do? And you see he just spins the Warhammer in his two hands. And they exit the room and don't quite notice him as he has his back flush to the wall. And in one foul swoop, splits both of their heads open. Bodies thud to the floor. Girl, when you cast magic without my consent, this is what's going to happen. She jumps for him. All chained up? Yep. 
Yeah, she, she's gonna so try to. Yeah, she is. You feebly jump at him. Yeah, and he just nails you in the temple with the pommel haft of his warhammer, and you just hit the floor, cold, unconscious. Yeah. Nordum, Valorous, you wake up in your warm, comfortable beds. Ah, warm, cozy. <laughs> Fresh wounds healing adequately. Yes, no doubt, no doubt. No doubt you wake up, Valorous, and just, ah, do your nice morning routine, stretch those muscles, get ready for your day of monkey boyness. Nordum, you walk downstairs, and it is frigid as fuck, (laughs) as you seem to remember busting one entire wall open after the window had shattered with your bison bear. Yep. And now a large section of the uh, hallway is just got probably a foot of snow in it. You see Kranz is behind the bar and he's just like got a scarf on, a little toque, got some mitts and he's just trying to cook you breakfast. Eh, morning, Mr. Iron Boot. Hey, morning. Uh, this is probably bad timing. Uh, I I don't think there's any good timing, so. Oh, that that's a relief that you said that. Okay. Amber and corpse are gone. Lovely. Uh, did they say where or did they just leave? Uh, they're going to the three gates, actually. And I will drop you guys over to the map which you can also find on all of our social medias so you can keep up with the Willow Guild and their antics. So it is just north of the Loveless Lands. Yeah. Um, so the Three Gates, um, it is a huge uh, metropolis, uh, completely circular in um, design with Three Gates entering the city, and that is it. Why? Who would have guessed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who would have guessed? Exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, Emba had some kind of vision, and I don't really know what any of that means, but he saw himself going to rescue you guys, rescue Faye with you guys, and him accidentally killing her. So... And then they agreed they had some business to take care of in the Three Gates. Alright, um... Doesn't quite make sense, but sure. All right, good to know. Uh, and when when did they leave? Uh, it, honestly, an hour or two ago. Okay, so not too long ago. All right. Um, and Aspen's probably nearby, right? Yes. Yeah, so Aspen is um, not in um, your smithy shop, although you do see the glow of all of the. Um, Furnace is going down the hall, um, but he comes to you and um, you see he's wearing his armor again, and he has, uh, as requested, changed its color and appearance slightly, so he does not look like a silver dwarf anymore. Perfect. Hey, Commander, how's it going? Good, good. Uh, well, you know, as good as could be, I guess. Uh, question for you. Uh, I remember yeah. when we first brought you here, you talked about the scaleless dragon and him causing problems for the queen. 
Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you know any other information on him? Um let me get a history check. Valorous, you're welcome to come downstairs at any given point if you'd like. Oh. Aspen rolled a natural twenty on his history check. Thank goodness, Ooh. Aspen. Um and it's a little bit of a humorous scene as he's he's sitting on a, a stool um, that has a good portion of the the seat missing and half a table. As this is the table that your bison bear kind of shredded. Well, he actually shredded all three of your tables. Yeah, he did. Um, but he's just sitting there with a plate of food and a breakfast beer. He goes, yeah, actually, I, uh, I I've seen him once. Um, he's huge for uh, a half orc, half elf. Um, green of skin, a red face, eyes that look like they belong to a dragon serpent. Just terrifying. I've seen him in battle from a distance. Uh, I would never want to go toe-to-toe. I'll just say that. Perfect. All right. Uh, well, apparently he's coming here soon, so... Uh, that's fantastic. Hopefully. He chokes on his breakfast beer. Just wipes the ale from his bushy beard. <clears throat> here? Yes. He he don't think you're going to recognize you, do you? No. No, no, I just would rather not be in the same town. Well, I think I think he might hopefully not cause us problems if, you know, you know, the enemy and my enemy is my friend. So hopefully he'll be a friend. Um, Hopefully. Um, All right. Uh, Nordum will then, uh, he's going to turn to Kranz and he'll be like, uh, Kranz, maybe, uh, prepare a horse or two, um, for some journeying, uh, Snark, maybe put up a tarp or a blanket or something to block off that breeze in the hallway. We'll just use the other hallway. Um, Valorous, what's, uh, what are your kind of plans here since we're the only two left in this hall? right now well uh, Valus just kind of just tightly got his cloak wrapped around him holding on to just a big mug of coffee just trying to not openly shiver but he's subtly shivering he doesn't like the cold he's not having a good day <laughs> well they they mentioned three gates and some sort of vision I don't know Ember well enough to know if his visions are reliable, but it's more than what we have right now. So I'm going to three gates. Hey, um, the only thing uh, I also want to go, but with this, this scaleless dragon coming, I'm, I'm hoping he's coming as a friend. But the problem is if he's not, then there's a problem for the town. And if he is and we're not here then he might not be able to help us and if he, we are here he might be able to help us because he seems like a pretty powerful ally if we have him as an ally uh, he should hopefully be here 
soon. If I remember correctly, it said he was going to be kind of. You expect him like, like now? <laughs> yeah. Okay. He should be here like, and any time today, hopefully, by the letter I've got and from the other guild. So. I'm thinking maybe we have a little, not chill time, but preparation for our journey, and hopefully he'll be here by the time we're ready for our journey. Okay. As there are a couple little things that I want to look into before going as well. Like, I want to find out, I want to find the contract that Beric got for uh, Stormheld, because whoever he might have gotten that from might have more information about who well we know who got the guild hall killed but more information on the way down the line kind of thing you know might be fronting the bankroll on that operation exactly i cannot imagine that's cheap no so i'm thinking just a quick preparation time and then we'll also head to three gates okay uh, valorous will reach into his pocket and he will pull out a very peculiar looking stone and hold it out to Nortum. Do you think we need extra assistance? Or do you want to wait and see how this interaction goes with this powerful individual? Ooh. <laughs> Watch his DM visibly rub his temples. <laughs> <laughs> Going, oh god, no! <laughs> You you know him better than I do. Do you think he would be able to help in a situation like this? Or maybe do you think he would be able to look after the town while we're gone? Do we even trust him to look after the town while we're gone? You come back, the town is sold. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you can trust him. If you can pay him adequately, make it worth his time, and he will do what is asked to a T. So be very particular with your wording. Oh, that's that's a hard one for a dwarf. <laughs> um, Fellas, is just like playing with the stone, staring at you. Well, how long? How? How long will it take him to get here by the stone? Do you think it's like instantaneous? I don't know. Again, we threaten him with a mountain of money. I'm sure he will just materialize. But, um, Valors, you did get that impression. Mm, okay. Um, Valors had a, a, like a a thought in the back of his mind. It's like, well. Give me, give me a little, just a tiny bit of time. Maybe I'll find that contract, and maybe, maybe that will help shed light even on this situation. Just give me like ten minutes, and Norm's going to run upstairs. Well, like I'm assuming the contracts are probably kept in the war room upstairs. Yeah, yeah. So Norm's going to kind of run up there and mm-hmm. start. What contract are you looking for in particular? The one that he got from uh, from wherever about Stormheld and needed uh, right. like uh, the border dispute, the alleged border dispute that was going to happen there. So you find it. And it's one of the most recent um, 
completed contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, completed as in, you know, they took it, yeah. they went sort of thing. Um, and it says, uh, looking for mediation between two parties, the Silver Rock Dwarves and the Dragonbloods of Rogar. Essentially, they're just looking to have some outside influence while the dwarves and dragonbloods discuss the mine that the dwarves had been leasing on Rogarian land. And that's pretty much it. It was just supposed to be a very like simple routine, go and help these two countries solve their issue. Okay. Um, and it was signed by the, the master of coin to um, the silver rock dwarves. So you know that they are the ones who requested the presence. Okay. Not necessarily the um, the Dragonbloods. And his name was uh, Galf Volta. Would Nordum know Galf Volta? Yeah, you would. Okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> actually a woman. Okay. Uh, and very close with Queen Ruby Reinhardt. Um, almost as if, like, was given the job because they were friends and because the Queen thought that she could, like, easily manipulate sort of thing. Okay. Surprising Barrick actually... I guess he wouldn't have any reason not to. Uh, all right. That is good information. Yeah. Um, Valorous, you're kind of left downstairs. Um, you see Kranz has rushed off to the stable to prepare the horses. Snark has um, grabbed a huge uh, canvas sheet from the turret where, you know, there's a large storage area and he's just kind of trying his best to fill the hole. Um and you also see him feebly dragging a bunch of uh, planks, wooden planks, out from the turret as well through Corpse Paint's uh, little storefront there. Um, and then dragging it down the hallway where you erupted Earth and blew up <laughs> the, the, the hallway there. Um, I mean, and then you hear, yeah, yeah, that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's OK. You know, I mean, that's probably blocking some hold air into the main room. Yeah, true to the foyer. Yeah. Yeah, you're just keeping it in the back of the tavern. It's good. Um, you hear three aggressive raps on the front door, Valorous. Uh, Valorous will just kind of look around to see is anyone going to get that? Anyone going to answer the door? Just like, oh uh, my job. <laughs> how the mighty have fallen. And he will start making his way down to the main foyer and just say, yeah, come on in. You see uh, the door uh, swings open and five figures walk inside. Oh, my. Leading them is this uh, half orc, half elf you had been described. Uh, He's wearing uh, almost like mountain camouflage, like snowy camouflage, um, heavy armor. He has uh, a dragon uh, pauldron, uh, ornately carved, 
um, right off the bat, you see that it is um, made of iridinium. You know, from your import and export business, you can spot that from a mile away. Heavily armored, uh, a buckler with a large blade sticking out one end that he looks like he might dual, we- dual wield with his battle axe. Burning yellow eyes with flares of red um, streaking behind his eyelids. And a uh, red face that almost looks like a sunset against his green skin tone. This is the Willow Guild. He addresses you. Just holding his cup of coffee, staring at these individuals. Uh, yup. We're not in a position to accept any contract work right now, but uh, yep, this is the this is the guild hall. Welcome. Are you the master? No, 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 Nordum! <laughs> he starts screaming for Nordum. Nordum, you hear your name uh, echoing from downstairs. Sees five battle-hardened warriors in the front foyer, and just Valorous holding his coffee in the robe, like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Nordum comes, uh, with somewhat uh, good haste or uh, good pace coming down and like kind of runs into the main foyer and kind of just like immediately stops seeing these five. So you see right off the bat uh, this, who you know is the scaleless dragon, is sidled beside um, a female dragon blood, bright yellow, um, ornately dressed has a uh, a ruby encrusted crown around her head. I am Princess Vasenith of Rogar, and I need to speak to the Red Willow Guild Master. Uh, I um, that would be me. How can I uh, make of your service, Nordum? Were you expecting these folk? Is is this who you're talking about? I, I was expecting some. I'm a, a, that for sure is the scaleless dragon. Um, but I don't really know the rest of the party. Interesting. Sips his coffee. So right off the bat, Valorous, this woman, clad in dark black robes, wears a hood, uh, covering most of her face. See, she's just got snow white, ghostly skin. Um, her eyes are like black tendrils of shadow and it just looks like they're constantly weeping and she comes and stands in front of you and she's just looking you up and down my my you're quite the fighter aren't you can I help you that remains to be seen and Nordum you see this other woman uh, in long white uh, robes she appears to be a human <clears throat> is walking all over your uh, engraved map on the floor. Yeah. And you see, she just kind of like gets down to one knee and traces her finger along the impossibly uh, detailed um, area of Red Willow where you guys are right now. And she's just kind of studying it with a sense of awe. And Valorous, as this unbelievably beautiful woman of a race you are actually familiar with, being uh, a uh, shadow monk, 
She has a shadow scorn. You see this bright, bright orange dragon blood holding a uh, a staff with a crystalline ball on the top, just radiates with power. He just lets himself into your office. Talos will just start making his way over to him. Yeah, it's not on a public display. Back to the main foyer. He's just searching through your uh, drawers, does not pay you any heed. Uh, um, Is there any sort of... So at this point, I'm assuming the guild hall is quite cold. Has there been light sources and candles lit in all the other surrounding areas? Yeah, so every morning, uh, Snark comes out and he lights all the candles, uh, candelabras around the guild hall. Um, the four burning braziers around the thrones in the foyer and that surround the map are ever burning. So they're always on and they, they offer some warmth into the foyer for sure, as there is no uh, wood burning like area in the foyer. But that's about it. Your office, your offices all get lit by um, Snark in the morning, except for Nordum's because this is a little bit of a different setup. Okay. Dragonborn is unresponsive to Valorous telling him to leave his office. Yes? Yeah. Yeah, okay. A quick snap of his fingers, he's going to extinguish the flames and try to create a slightly darker scenario in the room. You see he snaps his fingers and all the lights come back on. Cute. What are you looking for? Answers. Oh, he speaks. Information. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Do, do you have a name? Do you just barge into random people's places of work, expecting people to just give you what you're looking for? Common courtesy, professional courtesy, any of that mean anything to you? Uh, he only answers you by saying, I'm known as the Drakenstiff. Valorous, nice to meet you. And it sounds like a foreign, foreign language because you think he is actually just speaking Draken. So you're looking for the answers and truth to life? Are you looking for why? And just kind of do like an arm gesture of, uh-huh, you need to give me more to work with here, big guy. Uh, you should probably direct your questions to Vicenneth. You should leave my office. He looks at you and like his great... um draconic wings just kind of like stretch before he curls them back up behind his back and he, he leaves the office. Thank you. He immediately walks across the map, bumps into the woman in white robes studying the map and goes into Nordum's smithy shop. At which point Nordum Vicenneth comes over to you and shakes your hand. It is an honor to meet the Willow Guild Master. Well, Eamon, quite say that i'm just newly appointed uh but it is a pleasure to meet you princess mm. um now uh what is it that um you're looking for you were recently in stormhold were you not i are the other members of your party here? There should be three more, should there not? Yeah, uh, we kind of had a situation last night, let's just say. Um, 
with the Templars. Um, uh, so one of our party members was um, taken away and the other two have left this morning to go after her and me and Valoris were actually just about to head out as well. You see um, the Shadow Scorn woman <clears throat> is now seated on one of the thrones and um, one leg is just kind of outstretched on the, the stone floor and her other leg, uh, her foot is resting on the seat and she's got one of her elbows resting on her knee and she's just kind of sitting there um, sharpening uh, one of her throwing knives and she goes, no they didn't and Vasenith and uh, the scaleless dragon look to her and she says they went north your missing companion went east well, yeah, um, as far as I know, is all three, the one that was captured, I thought was also heading north, but I'm not too sure because I kind of lost her last night while I was chasing because I don't know what the heck the person did to go so fast. Uh, but they a potion. probably thanks. I was there. Oh, you were there. <laughs> That's just... Um, I mean, you gave it your all. It's just too bad you lost them just past the mines. Who, who are you? I'm sorry. Uh, you can... Uh, she stands up from her throne. And she uh, says, The Shadow Mistress. And she goes into a bow. Normal do a, a light bow. Still very confused. Um, lovely. Um, so it's just the two of us here for the short answer. Okay. And then at this point, Aspen kind of walks from the tavern through the hall that is adjacent to the stable. And he goes, Commander. I, I, I believe Kranz has got the horses ready. Perfect. And Aegon instantly holds up his battle axe out towards Aspen. Just the two of you? Well, I mean, two that are part of the guild. Aspen's kind of a worker who works here. We got uh, Kranz and then we also have Snark. Uh, but two guild members is what the question was. Or how many guild members are here? It's two plus three others who work for the guild but are not part of the but do more you guys have interns. a guild house? or do you guys just roam around do you have you guys I I don't know you guys I, so much you see the the shadow mistress she pipes up and she goes why would we want to be stuck to the confines of a house help a certain town I I don't know what your oh, situation is. We have the whole country. Okay, cool. Perfect. Lovely. Aegon looks to the uh, robed woman in all white. Uh, she stands up now, uh, her attention drawn to the, to the huge hulking half-orc. And he kind of motions with his chin towards Aspen. 
And she walks this robed woman between Princess of Seneth and you, Nordum. And she stops dead in front of Aspen. And Aspen, he's kind of like taken aback um, as this robed woman pulls back her hood and reveals um, dark brown hair and bright blue eyes. And she is quite, quite a beauty. And she just puts uh, her hand on his cheek. And a moment later, she says, he's one of them. And Aegon walks over and puts his hand on his shoulder. Princess, I think you'd like to ask this dwarf a few questions. I would like to say was, uh, not is, was. Let's just, I'm just going to put that out there right now. A lot of wases in this building and not a lot of ises, okay? Just like the Princess Vicenna speaks up, just like you were once the commander? Yes, absolutely. I was not am currently. I'm sure you all have a lot of information somehow, so I'm all sure you all know my situation already. A lot of wases, not ises. I will say that. Hmm. That's not not to be not to be rude or to interrupt your mm-hmm. royalty, whatever. You come to us, you want us to help you with something. That's fine. Stop! 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 <laughs> do, you, do you actually try to stop this orange dragon? Oh yeah, like full on, reach out and grab him by an article of clothing. Okay, you, you do manage to stop him then. What? What's? What's with all these? Can, Control you, your group you, of misfits. <laughs> Goodness gracious. If you... The same with the Templars. Just... Can you all have some respect for the guild you are in? That's all I'm asking. I am the guild master here. I'm just asking for a tiny bits of respect for my building. I know it's pretty beat up right now, but that's because of the last people who didn't respect it and they're dead right now for that exact reason. So I'm just respect. We'll sit down, have a calm conversation, just like I wanted last time. That's all I'm asking. You see the the scaleless dragon gives like a big uh, hrump and looks to um, Drek and Steph. And he says, uh, just come on now, stop snooping. And Princess Vicenna says, well, do you have somewhere more accommodating for us to converse then? Yeah, normal. Not usher, but like guide them upstairs to a nice warm corner of the guild hall that hasn't been touched by or destroyed by the acts of last night yeah you see the scaleless dragon pushes uh the huge orange dragon blood into the couch so he'll stop snooping um the shadow scorn woman does just kind of stand and, and look around and aspen stands behind your chair uh all righty now now we're all sit we're all calm what what is it that says you have a lot of information so i'm just curious on what you need from us or are looking for from us uh the princess says as of right now just information all right 
Um, what is it information that you're looking for? Because it seems like you you know everything we know as of now, or and more. We have one missing royal messenger. Oh, I can tell you about him. The scaleless dragon just lifts up his hand as in like, let's see. He was uh, strung up on the southern Great Road. Um, and he is now properly buried, thanks to our uh, wonderful Faye Walker, who was taken from us last night. And um, yeah, so that's where he is. And did he have any sort of payment on him? Uh, he had no payment. He had a letter uh, from uh, the doors of Silver Rock from Stormhound saying that they have the guild hall, which uh, we took to Barrack, and then we all went to Stormhound, lost Barrack and the rest of the guild because they were already dead by the time we got there. And he had, that's all I know that he had on him. Um, you see the woman in white robes. She says, so the dwarves never planned on paying you, princess. And Viseth just kind of nods in agreement. It all seems... A bit rich. Nordum. And Aspen. That you were there and now you're here. And we're supposed to believe you're not spies. Well, I'm sure you've known my position with them. I'm sure you heard about what happened with my position. I mean, I was already on the run. I had a, a long family friend who is part of the guild here. And I just, I just more or less wanted to do my blacksmithing and be done with all this fight and stuff. But why? A dwarf lives to fight. Surely you could do no better blacksmithing than for the dwarves of Silver Rock. You see, that's that's also like saying all dragonborns fight. That's it's not necessarily always true that a dwarf always wants to fight or a dwarf always wants to mine kind of thing. You know, it's just I'm not a fan of all that. But somehow it keeps following me. So you see, Princess Vicenna looks to the white-robed woman again. And she looks to Aspen, and you see the the shadow mistress is just kind of wringing her fingers through Aspen's long, uh, curled hair. And the white-robed woman looks back to Viseneth, and she says, uh, Aspen knows more about why Nordum left and why they both left. And Princess Viseneth looks to you, Nordum. She says, listen, I respect your decision to leave. However, you must know 
I have powerful ways to get the answers I seek. She stands yeah. up. I will give you the rest of the evening to consider this. Surely you must have an inn in your town? Aye, we do. A nice one. Um, I will contact uh, Mr. Uh, Bumblebottom and um, get you some of the nicest rooms available. He says that would be much appreciated, Nordum. Thank you. Of course, my shadowy friend here will make sure nobody from this guild leaves town without giving me the answers I seek. I mean, I don't... I, I personally... I might have missed it, but I personally haven't heard the questions that you are seeking. Why did you leave the Dwarves of Silver Rock? I mean, I was demoted, lost the gem, wanted to get out anyways. Was it like in the way things were going? I have no beef with you, dragon bloods. So. You see, Aspen looks down to you from your shoulder. And he's not going to say anything until you give him permission to speak freely. But you know they're here to find out the secrets of Queen Ruby Reinhardt, yeah. and they know you two have some information. Norm will uh, hold the rest of his tongue for the time being. He says, I have a day to spare. Find me in the morning, would you? I would like to survey this Red Willow while I'm here anyways. I hit uh, to nice town. You see, they all stand up and proceed to exit. And not before the Shadow Mistress comes up to you, Valorous, which kind of rubs her index finger along her chin. Nice. She says, stay close by. And then she just kind of walks out of the hall. I kind of like that one. Enter new love interest for Valorous. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we will jump into our first break. Wahoo! Poor Nordum. Oh my god, my heart, my soul. Oh! <laughs> Hello again, it's me, the guy responsible for all these shenanigans. Are you enjoying all the world building and original races? We hope so. And if you want to learn more about these species of Latour, like the Gloom Elves, Kintar, and Alamanzian Benders, then head over to our social media where we have detailed descriptions of those and more races to paint a vivid picture of the world we are sharing with you. Also, many of our homebrew races can be found on D&D Beyond, where you can play them for yourself. Don't forget. You can find us on all major social media platforms under the handle Fables of Latour, where you can discover character art, maps, and chat with your favorite player characters. We can't wait to hear from you all soon. Oh, how nice of you to come back from your long coffee break, Craig. I was timing you. <laughs> 
Craig didn't mean it. No, Kyle didn't mean it, Craig. It's okay. <laughs> you take that coffee break. You deserve it. Wow. All right. <laughs> Kyle, not I so feel- much, though. He doesn't deserve a coffee break. Yeah. Nope. No. Play in favoritism. I respect it. Mm-hmm. All right. You, uh, Nordum, Valorous, and Aspen are, are left in that little common uh, area to think about your woes. As many and heavy as they are. Uh, question. Do I remember if there's like a, uh, it's a war room like enchanted to like it's no, uh, what is it? Uh, what do you call it? Like spying spells could watch us or hear us? Yeah. So there's such a thing as outlawed magic. And this Mm -hmm. is going to start coming up more and more and more. Um, Valorous probably wouldn't have this intel, but Nordum, since you almost definitely went through like years of training and schooling to become a paladin, you'd know a little bit about outlaw magic, anyways. The the the, the basics that they teach you, scrying magic, completely forbidden. Mm. And the ramifications of those who are found using said magic are legends at most, but are always met with like severe consequence. Um, with that being said, you do know that that your war room is enchanted with many things because that is also your guys's essentially like treasury right that's where you keep all of your money all of your expensive potions blah 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 expensive books spellcasting components that kind of crap Mm -hmm. and i feel like this uh mercenary guild group is not necessarily overusing forbidden stuff Oh, that's the impression yeah. I got. <laughs> but. Yeah, no, they, they seem like straight shooters. Um, okay. You got stern or at least like obvious magical um, flair from the white robed woman and Drekken Steph. Mm-hmm. Um, you think uh, Drekken Steph, the orange dragon blood, might have actually even been a wizard, which everyone knows um priests so um your standard priests but then your clerics and your paladins are quite not necessarily commonplace but like your most average spellcaster anyways wizards yeah. not so much they are very 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 rare and um are very very powerful for that reason um you could even uh potentially do some investigating on the name Drekken Steph. Um, but yeah, you you think he's one to look out for, for sure. Uh, well, Nordum will say to Aspen and Valorous, um, let's, let's talk in the war room. I feel like it's a little bit safer to talk in there, so just in case there's ears listening. Yeah. As you say, 
commander. Wink. I hate you so much. <laughs> I tolerate you, and you're good, but man, sometimes. <laughs> Alright, uh, normal, make sure the door is closed and locked. Um, Alright, um, I'm sure you figured out by now, Valorous, that um, Silver Rock drawers planning a war, take over the continent, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. Destroy the dragon bloods, blah blah blah. You know, typical silver rock things. I'm just not quite sure how much the dragon bloods know about it, and I'm not too sure if I'm too keen on telling them that that's what the plan is. Because if that's what the plan, or they figure out that's what the plan is, then they're gonna start prepping and maybe attack first, and then all-out war. That I'm hoping to try to avoid. Or did the, did the princess strike you as a, a bloodthirsty, murdering kind of individual? Maybe they no. want that information to try to circumvent this. But I'm but what I'm afraid of is that she gets the information, tries to circumvent it, makes matters worse, starts all out war. That's that's why I'm That's why they're coming to us. We can prevent that from happening. Maybe. I don't know. They're I'm not a war expert. I'm not an advisor. I'm not counsel. I bring in the good stuff. Well, let me just say, if I was... If I was still at Silver Rock as a commander, and I figured out that these dragon bloods were prepping to start a war, and they were prepping for the last couple months, I would be like very on edge and try to get ahead of it and then try to maybe attack first because the attack first throws them off guard kind of like the element of surprise is a big part of it but i'm just worried that if we tell them of the element of surprise that the dwarves are having then they're going to try to do their own element of surprise and make things worse but also, it might make things better. I don't. I don't know. That's why I'm trying to get the opinion of the room if we should inform them or not of everything, so, or if we should just leave some things out, imply some things. I don't know. Should we try to feel out what their intention is? Like they're they're seeking truth super hard. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. What is their intention? They did not allude to that in any capacity sorry i wasn't able to contribute more i was more worried freaking wingnut was gonna start ravaging through people's rooms again it's truth. aspen does say um you know discerning their intention does seem like a good place to start however nordum we did leave because we didn't agree with our queen's plans and giving the Rogarians what they need could prevent a lot of innocent death. But it could also intensify things very quickly and make it worse. I was under more or less depression when I left that the war effort was kind of put to a full stop. But obviously I found out now that it's very much still rolling. Mm -hmm. So... I'm just worried that 
if we tell them right to now, they'll immediately go back to Rogar and immediately amp things up and start the war quicker than anyone was expecting. So that's why we discern intentions. I I like it. I all right. Now how do we do that? <laughs> we go have a conversation in a neutral location where if they want to wander around, that's fine. And maybe as we leave, turn your golems on. Because we're leaving Snark and Kranz to their vices. Yeah. And I don't know what their capabilities are outside of being stable hands and just all around housekeeps. Excellent, by the way, but can they throw down? Aspen says, I, I, you know, the Shadow Scorn makes me uncomfortable anyways. I, I could stay here. I mean, this is kind of why you kept me on, isn't it, Nordum? You guys could leave and have someone you, you know, who can look after the place physically. Of course, Snark and Kranz are excellent caretakers. So just. I mean, Aspen is a good enough warrior that if a. Just as long as an army didn't come attack, it would be okay, I think. Just the regular day-to-day stuff, you know, brawls and whatnot, he'd be able to handle. Just kind of, like, punches his gauntlets together. On one condition. One Mm. condition. No Mm. more beers for the rest of the day. Mm. You're cut off. Mm. You need to be razor sharp. I mean, one is okay. Razor sharp. I'll sell for half. A, a, a dwarf needs a little thing bit to keep the system going. If you don't, if you don't feed that system, they're going to break down, kind of thing. <laughs> it's it? it's the fuel that keeps the fire going. So, Aspen, you know you know your limits. Stay within it. I will do, Commander. All right, I guess. Um, I guess let's go over there now and then hopefully get this settled and then we can go as quickly as possible. All right. Aspen heads down to the bar. Immediately sits at the uh, at the table. Uh, Nordum, while walking down with Valorous, will uh, ask him now the chateau lady she she did say Faye is heading east and corpse paint and ember are heading north now who are we going to follow well all we know is at some point all of our destinations overlap at the three gates i think that is our best bet for the time being, regardless of what Mistress of Shadow says. She kept tabs on them long enough and then immediately came back. They could have very easily changed her trajectory. That's that's fair. Alright. Two or three gates it will be then. Maybe with some help. Where you know it's tit for tat. They want our help. They can help us. They want the Red Willow Guild to be involved. We need all of the Red Willow Guild to participate. Yes. That is that is good negotiation material. 
There's some around there. Uh, Nornum will say the magic word to make the golems animate while we do leave, just to help out Aspen if need be. Oh, yeah. So you guys walk out into the snowy streets of Red Willow and head towards the Saddle Inn. It is quite dead inside. Um, travel uh, obviously stays pretty minimal um, as the winter progresses. And um, so there aren't really too many uh, outsiders in town today uh, staying at the Saddle Inn. Um, so uh, Oin Bumblebottom is giving um, the Adagi Guild and Princess Vaseneth his fully undivided attention. Were we stopped at all on our way over? Or like, uh, did it seem like the Shadow Lady was following us kind of thing? I would like to do a perception check as we kind of just make our way over there to see if anything stands out in any capacity. Yeah. Um, yeah, give me a perception check. Oh, that's not good. Uh, that's a five plus seven. Uh, math. Mm, 12? 13? Uh, 13. Math. Norm only got 11. 10 plus All right. Um, no, neither of you see anything. Um, so you guys walk in, um, and before you even sit down at the at the uh, little uh, couch area with the coffee table and the hearth, um, you see, uh, or rather you hear, um, the shadow mistress walk in behind you guys. Um, which, you know, confirmed your suspicions that she was keeping an eye. The um, white-robed woman is um, looking at the um, beanie bag chair filled with down feathers quite curiously. And Oin kind of like beckons her to like take his seat. like, oh, you got to try it. You got to try it, lady. It's just the most wonderful. And uh, so she does so, and she just kind of like sinks into it, and she looks quite content, and he hands her uh, a cup of tea. And um, Vicenneth and the Scaleless Dragon are deep in conversation uh, when they spot you. Ah, I wasn't expecting you to return so soon. Hey, um, we do have pressing matters, so as soon as we can get this dealt with, the more time we have to deal with the other stuff. So, we're here. And what would you like to share with us, Nordum? I just have uh, a couple questions on my end here. Um, what exactly do you know that so I can, like, figure out what I know and what you know, then we don't have to, like, overlap already known information mm, sensible I or should I say my family has been made aware and as you know as well that the silver rock dwarves have struck iridinium on our land their lease is up which is why we assumed they requested our messenger so they could pay us for continuing to lease the land. However, 
we delivered notice that we wanted to discuss further mining in person, as we now have invested interest in what lays in that line. We know that the former Red Willow Guild died by their hands. We know that up until recently, Queen Ruby Reinhardt was in possession of an artifact. And now we prepare to go to the Ocean Burrow, which is located along the coastline of the Half Moon Sea, just across the Scanty Strait. A day's ride and a day's sail from Red Willow, as a matter of fact. To speak with none other than Arden Crookedhorn. And so that's that's the base of your known so far. Correct. Um what if cause Arden is not he's a stubborn one. Um I'm just more or less curious if he forced back if you came there what what would you guys do? If he did what, sorry? If he like Basically, kind of did what, what he did with the guild, well, the guild hall of Red Willow here. Well, he did assure our safety. It is supposed to be a parlay. We assume he knows if he attacked us, it would mean immediate war. A, uh, the scaleless dragon kind of pipes up and he says, um, You needn't worry about the princess's safety. That's why she hired me and my closest companions. There's little in all the world we can't accomplish. Well, I wasn't concerned that she would get hurt. I was just more or less if things went down, she got away, and what would progress from there. War. Notum. Yeah, okay. Seems pretty straightforward. As yeah. a former commander, I, I think you would agree. When she mentions war, Valors would like to cast detect thoughts on her. Yeah. Um, so you cast detect thoughts and um, her crown uh, pulses a little bit with uh, a faint light. And the scaleless dragon immediately draws his battle axe. Um, but the princess um, kind of stays his action. And she looks to you, Valorous, and she says, Please, let's act civil here. Says the band of misfits running around our guild hall. That's hilarious. I know that Drek and Steph can be a little nosy. However, Scaleless Dragon and his other companions and myself have shown you nothing but respect. And I thank you for that. Um, what What is the plan? So when I tell you information, what is your guys' next steps? We're going to the Ocean Burrow. 
to discuss our real next steps with Arden Crookedhorn. So you're currently, so you're not going to go be back to Rogar. You're going straight to meet with Crookedhorn. Correct. And you believe anything Crookedhorn tells you that it's a parlay, that it's a neutral gathering? You believe any of that? I choose to believe it, and if I am wrong, which I would not be surprised, again, as I've said, that's why I've hired the Adagi Guild. Fair enough. However, you are quite a renowned guild yourself. No doubt that's why the Silver Rock Dwarves called the Red Willow Guild to Stormhold to put an end to them. If I was to guess, I would say they failed, as Nordum, you do seem up to the task. So let me extend you an offer. 10,000 gold pieces. And come with us to the Ocean Burrow, just the two of you. Um, counter offer. Um, you hold off on the Ocean Burrow. Help me get back the rest of my guild. And then I will go there with no money needed. Valorous will just visibly look upset by this. <laughs> <laughs> no money. You shouldn't be. Come on, man. <laughs> and a promise of any information that I give you will not be taken with aggressive actions immediately. She looks to the scaleless dragon. And then to the Shadow Mistress. And you see those two look to each other. And then back to Princess Viseneth. She says, And this will take half a cycle, perhaps? I have a cycle to spare. Is she asking Nordum? Uh, yeah, she is. She's like, what is your estimate on of all of this taking? And she um, says she has a cycle at most to dilly dally. Does uh, Nordum remember where, or I guess Valors would know? Um, Nordum will kind of like say to Valors, like, how far do you think they're taking Faye? Like, do you know where they're taking her in the end goal? You guys both remember Corpse speaking about them having to go back to the temp to the temple where those yeah. Templars were from, and that was around um, the Three Gates, okay. which you know by horse um, should take about three days. Okay. And you also noted Ernest is, is missing along with Corpse Paint and um, Ember, so they probably took a quicker mode of transportation at least. We have reasons to believe the end goal is Three Gates. The sooner we get there, the sooner we can get back to your agenda line. It, it should be within. So they said half cycle, right? Or a cycle. cycle. A cycle. It should be within the full cycle. But I agree. You have the scaleless dragon and the shadow mistress for one cycle. I will remain here 
with Lady Law and Drakenstef. And for the first time, at least aloud, Drakenstef speaks up and he says, I can expedite travel if need be several ways. Just let me know how I may be of assistance. Oh, I'm, I'm sure we'll be uh, taking you up on that offer. Uh, faster we get anywhere, we'll be the faster we get back, which I think will help everyone in the long run. Nordum, give me one piece of information. My brother, Prince Tisanath, and my sister, Queen Renalia, will need some piece of information, information to keep them satisfied for another cycle. Well, they don't really know what the artifact was, do they? Um, you're asking if his, if her siblings know? Or, you're or asking if me? any of them know. I was just more or less if she was going to know. Roll me an insight check. Insight is plus four, so that's 23. Jesus. All she does is uh, give you a faint, uh, lipless smile with her scaled mouth. And you know she knows big time. Okay. So then that information will be useless for them, I guess. Um, for a very strong feeling in my in my gut, and based off the information I know that when you go to meet with Iron Cookenhorn. It will not be guaranteed to be a peaceful encounter. My guess would be that you would be met with pretty much the full army of the Silver Dwarfs. She's kind of nods. All right. And then she looks to the Scaleless Dragon and the Shadow Mistress. Serve them the best you can. I will remain here. Don't worry about me. As you know, I can take care of myself. And the uh, half-orc lays his uh, glowering yellow eyes on you, Nordum. And uh, they are such an intense uh, yellow that they even illuminate a part of his uh, red brow. What's your plan then, dwarf? Well, um... The three gates, that's for sure. Shadow Mistress says, um, you might want to consider following their last tracks. I'm just saying. It'll be easier to catch them on the road than in a city of 300,000 people. And you can just get us to their set of tracks in the middle of winter when it's snowing? She looks to you. And in the blink of an eye, she draws this dagger out of who knows where on her raiment, th- throws it past your head, just barely cuts a piece of your hair off and it falls in front of you. And she goes, sweetheart, I am the most prolific assassin on the tour. Don't ask me what I can and cannot do. Just ask me what you want done. Without even skipping a bit, Valus will just look over to the princess. Like, expect an invoice from me. Well, since you know where more than I do, where they 
last left off. How about we start there? Under one condition. Sure. We go in the morning. It is dusk now. It's going to freeze out of there. And though my shadow scorn companion here will fare just fine in the night, we three will fare much better in the daylight. I mean, I guess they won't be traveling at night either, so we won't lose any ground on them. So I agree. Look at Valorous. We both agree to leave in the morning. Fine. Um, well, Azure, um, I suggest uh, for the rest of you uh, who are staying here, uh, preferably don't go into the guild hall because there are um, traps and people set up to fight any intruders. So. I know you're probably pretty powerful and you'd be able to fight them, but I just prefer not to lose them. So I just prefer you don't need to go in there. Stay out. Just a preference of mine. The Northern will stand up. You guys head back to the guild hall for the night. Is there any business you need to attend to before slumber takes you? At any point, does phase sending come into play? Or is that to be seen? It, it, it will shortly. Okay. okay. How, how much time do you think it would be before I would have to take the long rest kind of thing? So, like, what he time might... would it be? So, like, Norm, as soon as he gets to the guild hall, he might... Uh, try it, maybe upgrading his axe a little bit with the uh, Arid the iridinium iridinium that he has. That's gonna be like a cycle long endeavor. Okay, damn. And it'll be almost Yikes. more than likely, like as a as a blacksmith. Yeah, it would hurt your soul mm -hmm. to mix pedestrian steel with the finest metal on your on Latour. Okay. So you're you're probably looking at just spending an entire ingot and reforging yeah. an axe or a couple ingots or keeping the haft of your axe and just replacing the blades. Yeah, that's what I was getting thinking, just replacing the blades. Yeah. Then if you're just um, replacing the blades and not making an entire haft of iridinium, then it would probably be half a cycle. Okay. Uh, okay, then Normal's going to do that. Then. Uh, Normal just uh, prepare for the journey as soon as he can. Right. So, I need... Nordum, what's your passive perception? And Valorous, what is yours? Uh, 17. Okay. Uh, 14. Okay. Um, excuse him. Why? Oh, uh, I lied. It's 11. I was looking at him. Oh. oh, that's even better. Oh, great. <laughs> better for the DM isn't always better for the player. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, very reassuring. <laughs> Nor or uh, Valorous. 
Your eyes are getting heavy. You rested your head on your pillow for the night, and Faye's message uh, beeps in your head. Help is on the way. Try to run interference. Don't do anything stupid. It's good advice. <laughs> All right. Nordum. Yeah. You are deep asleep. And <clears throat> you are awoken with a short sword through your sternum oh no. projecting through the bed frame of your bed and a masked figure standing over you you take 43 points of piercing damage as you have been critted by an assassin or you were a slumber and with a fading flutter of your eyes, you see the Mistress of Shadow throw open your door and swing her short sword through your assassin's neck. And his head falls on your chest. Valorous, you hear Kranz screaming from downstairs. That Aspen has been murdered. And we will jump over to Faye Walker. Of course we do. Why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we? Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Quick Quentin. Yeah. This was. Uh, I want to go home. Game of Thrones kind of game. Oh yeah. Oh. Anyone hey, who's read what is this know. antics? Like, no, I'm sorry, but what? <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, you read the books, but that doesn't mean I want to live it. Oh my yeah. god. Okay. Thinking okay. maybe. Oh, maybe I'll give a ingot to freaking Aspen. Maybe he could get started on the iridemium and start. You know, make that speed up. Nope. Okay. Definitely not doing that. I guess. Okay. Yeah. I was clobbered in the head. (laughs) Yes. And deep in the recesses of your subconscious, you hear uh, Nordum's hollowed out scream. And you wake up with a heavy sweat about your brow. And your legs have been reshackled. And Lucien is passed out by the fireplace. And the bodies of Harold and Evelyn are still uh, bleeding out on the floor. And you guess it's been a number of hours now. As it is still pitch black outside. And nothing but the wind seems to be making a sound. Lucien is sound asleep? Yeah. Do I see the key handy on him at all? You do not. However, you did see the pocket in which he put it. 
after he locked you back up before killing the homeowners. Okay, I would. Do I dare? Do I dare, guys? I would like to try. Yeah, you would. Yeah, you would. <laughs> to go for the key. This. Uh, yep. You see, Luna uh, materializes in the fireplace and uh, is now in their uh, form of pure fire. It just looks like they just look like a dancing uh, uh, humanoid uh, fireball, essentially. Mm. And they kind of run over to you and in that time it takes uh, transform back into their uh, celestial form. And they're going to give you advantage. Oh, thank you. <laughs> they are your, uh, my, my essentially, bestie. yeah. My best friends. Because they function as your familiar, right? So they can offer you such things. Yeah, that's, thank you, because I haven't actually had a familiar, so I still don't really know the rules on them. Yeah. Okay, okay. Slide of hand. Before you do this, uh-huh. <laughs> he also has your dagger strapped to his other hip. Uh, Lucian? And, yeah, and Luna can give you advantage to either or. Here we go. Mm. Or. Oh, I just love you watching. I just love watching you decide. It's just, <laughs> it's just great. What are you going to do? I. Will. Go first for the dagger then nice nice all right give me a sleight of hand check with advantage okay guys i will say this right now i do have a plus zero to it so you know what you know what could could could, could you roll on roll 20 for us just, <laughs> roll on 20? Just, yeah i can do that 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 here we go also this is heckin stressful 12 okay so I have I have Lucian's uh, character sheet up. I will give you his. So for context, uh, everyone else. This role. Yeah, it was a twelve and ten. You know, it it's not great. It's not awful. It's kind of one might say middle of the road. Mhm. Oh, I should roll on here because you rolled on there. So let's see. Oh, he's gonna make it. It's gonna be fine. Oh yeah. Oh. Wait, he does have disadvantage. Disadvantage, okay. <laughs> so you get his dagger without waking him. He stirs a little bit. Okay, 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 okay. Now, as we just learned with Nordum, if you strike a sleeping creature, it's an auto crit. Mm hmm, mm hmm, mm hmm, mm hmm. I mean, even with the auto crit, I'd, she's probably not going to have enough to outright just kill him. So. Yeah, do I'm not I... gonna tell you where to place this dagger. Do you? I well, <laughs> do I get the sense? Because um, we've kind of had similar-ish questions with my um, channel divinity path to the grave. Mm-hmm. I can place a tar like target a person, and then the next uh, hit. Um, makes the creature vulnerable to it. So we did this back in Stormhold where I had cursed uh, um, Crooked Horn 
Oh, yes. And then Caden ha- or Corpse Train had critted against him kind of thing. Is that do I get the sense that that's going to be absorbed into the shackles or is do it a I spell? just it, well, it's back to it's a channel divinity thing. So it's just it's then to my then I would class. say, yeah, then I would say it's not going to be absorbed. OK. Mm-hmm. Yep. OK, here's one we do. All right. Channel divinity <laughs> path to the grave. And he is going to be vulnerable to the next attack weapon damage mm-hmm. um, with the assistance of Luna. Faye is going to grab her dagger that her friend Nordum gifted her and will she holds it in her hand for uh for a couple of moments and just staring into his sleeping form and she relives the night that him and Lord Thren came and attacked her her family and she hears her screams of her mother's and her sister and plunges the dagger into his gut and tries to just tries to yep yeah give me the damage (laughs) okay it's an auto crit auto crit plus vulnerability so Okay, damage for a 1d4 or a plus one dagger for Faye is 1d4 plus one. So I will roll that on here. Whoops. Oh, for fuck's sakes. Yeah, it's not going to be great. I know it. So that is what? Uh, 12? 12 points of damage? Is that a thing? Is that right, math? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. Yeah, I know it's not much, but she, yeah, sinks right. the dagger into his stomach and tries to reach for the key. Try right, give me a dexterity check as his eyes pop mm-hmm. wide. Mm-hmm. 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 Again, I'm going to, ro- whoops, roll this on d20, roll 20, whatever it's called his 16 dexterity check you have a plus zero and he has a minus two so you both fumble uh for his key for the key as he is trying to wrench this dagger out of his gut let's have another roll because we got a tie i want to see what happens next oh another dexterity roll yeah Nice. <laughs> oh, okay. Rolled a 10 for Faye. So you see Luna just kind of grasps the key from your hand as you're wrestling with this dagger and you've managed to secure the key from his pocket and she starts undoing your shackles. Or they start undoing your shackles. Okay. Um, but I'm not free yet, am I? 
Not yet. No, he'll have around. Okay. To get ya. So I would like to. Um, honestly, I would just like to kick him further. Like I'm just gonna boot him right yeah. where the um, the the blade is sitting. Nice. All right, deal me uh, another uh, attack out of that. And um, just the damage. Just the damage. Okay, I was just gonna say, is it is, if it's nighttime? Do I get my twilight power? Uh, you're not outside. But I'm not outside, of course not. Okay. Okay, so... Additional damage... Over f- Two piercing damage. Right. And he is bleeding out with each round. He is going to cast... I just need you to make me a wisdom saving throw. Yep. Sorry, charisma saving throw. Rizma? Yeah. Okay. Well. You. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the void. Good. That's fine. And the chains fall off of you. Okay. For magic does not work in the void. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you, a minute later, poof back. And he is just finishing a heal spell on himself. What would you like to do now? I would like to. Ca- uh, I don't have the shackles on me anymore because. No, you are free. Okay, I just wasn't sure if that was just strictly in the void that that happened. Okay, I would. Uh, Quentin, if you'll allow me, I will cast Spirit Guardians for the first time in this campaign. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that is a 15-foot radius from me. Yep. Um, And phase alignment's technically neutral, so it'll be... Um... Uh, probably the spirit guardians would just be ammons, different forms of ammons in various stages of, I guess, oh, cool. fire or snow or yeah. um, starry forms. And when so when he starts his next turn in. Yeah, so when the creature enters the area for the first time on a turn, or starts its turn there and must make a wisdom saving throw to take either full or half damage. Uh, he fails his throw. Okay. So that'll, that'll be, be that damage. 3d8. See who play. 8, 4, 12, which is... And then, so 13... Radiant damage to him. He is looking rough. Uh, his gut is still uh, spewing blood. Um, now his skin is being uh, pretty much like just put through a cheese grater, just <laughs> shredded by these cute little spectral ammons. Um, 
he is going to throw. Faye all the while is just like screaming at him, yelling in his face. Yeah. He is going to sit there. Sit there? And he's just staring at you. He's being shredded by these spirit guardians. He has both his hands cusped around uh, his tunic, which is just soaked in blood as this dagger protrudes from his gut. Uh, he cannot cast any spells currently. He hasn't short. He hasn't had a rest since the big fight, really. <laughs> he doesn't want to pick up his warhammer and smack me in the head again. <sighs> so he sits there. You've won, Faye. Kill me and be done with it. Friend will find you one way or another, but at least you won't have to worry about me anymore. Faye is definitely taken aback by this. He, She thought that he would, you know, like, fight one way or another. Um, what... What kind of, I don't know, attitude or... Or um, demeanor is this like? Has he fully accepted his fate because he truly thinks that Faye can get away with this? Or is he's there... out of tricks? Okay, it's okay. He doesn't have any options left. Yeah, he knows with one strike he's done for. His warhammer is too far away. He's bleeding out profusely. He can barely move. He has no spells left. He's giving you your out. He said he's lost. Kill him. Let him go. Bring him back as a prisoner. Or let him bleed out. He is losing blood and hit points with every round. Yep. Okay. Okay. Faye is going to grab the front of his tunic and like drag him a little a little bit to to um what were their name? Harold and Evelyn. Evelyn. Yep. <laughs> um and just kind of throws him a little bit to them. I cast a spell and you killed them. You could have just left them here. They would have been fine. They didn't need to know anything about this. They were a loose end. They would have told whoever comes looking after you where you've gone, where we've been, what we've done. You don't know where we're going. Didn't say anything. Mm, given the time, you would have told. <clears throat> to be fair, you would not have woken up unless Nordum's dying scream awoke you. Yeah. Um. So that's it. You're giving up. Just like that. I don't think your your puppet master would really like that. If I let you live, you turn on him. I no. think anyone else will take your word of what happened over mine. Let my sister go. It's not within my power. It's not my decision. I hear the underworld calling for me. I know where I'm going. Heal me to fight me another day or let me go. 
I'm done with this world anyways. Um, Faye is going to... She will... She has just dropped him in front of Harold and Evelyn. Um, she's going to... Uh, I'm assuming the dagger still potentially... It's either in her hand or in his stomach still? Yeah, it's in his stomach still. Okay. Oh, this is gonna... This is gonna haunt me, Kirsten. Okay. <laughs> um, grabbing the hilt of the dagger, she gives it a twist. And I hope you don't find peace. And we'll finish him. You swiftly grab your dagger that has your name emblazoned on it and the Willow Guild crest on the pommel. Quickly jab it into his jugular and watch him bleed out on the floor. And what might speak loudly about this is that Luna does not escort him to the Everspring Glade. Mm-hmm. No abbot comes. And you are left there with three dead bodies. In the Willow Guild Hall is all out panic. Valorous, the scaleless dragon has busted in through the front door with the white roped woman behind him. You've run to go see that Aspen is bleeding out in the smithy shop on the cot. Drek and Steph is gone chasing after one of the assassins and the Mistress of Shadow is calling for the scaleless dragon to help bring down Nordum's body. They rush Nordum into the infirmary. But would you like to bring Aspen in there as well? What are you? What are your thoughts? What are the nature of Aspen's injuries? Is it like a very clean cut, or is it just? It is a short sword through the chest. Doing the best he can, he is going to try and maneuver Aspen over to the infirmary and try to get him attention because. He knows if he does not try to help Aspen, Nordum, we'll have some words for him. Alright, so the scaleless dragon throws Nordum's body on the table and helps you bring Aspen in to the other one. And the white-robed woman is chanting furiously, perhaps calling to some god. Nordum, you are at the gates of the afterlife. You hear Braylon Stone Sower calling your name, beckoning you, inviting you into eternal rest and peace in the halls of the Dwarven Gods. You also hear a voice chanting, beckoning your soul back. I'll need two things from you. Your decision if you want to come back or not. And two, flat d20 roll with advantage. 
10 or above, you live. 10 or lower, you die. Well, Nor would want to come back. All right. So, Valorous, you see this white-robed woman hovering her hands over the chest wound that Nordum has received, and a vivid uh, yellowy-orange glow emanates from her palms and begins stitching Nordum's wound back. Nordum, if you don't mind, if you could roll on roll 20, that would be good, but if you'd like to use your own dice, I completely respect that. Let's let's do it on d20. So advantage. Ooh, both are above. Nordum's eyes pop open, and she goes over to Aspen and begins the same prayer. Nordum, the same roll, please. With advantage? Yeah. Oh, both over. All right. Aspen, too, flutters his eyes open. And that is where we will end episode 12.0 Guilds on Guilds Part 2. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what is happening? <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this production of Fables of Latour. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes, and give us a follow on Facebook and Twitter for any future updates.